Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Logan campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. It is very good to be here this morning. Good to be down here at Logan. Now, um, some of you will know me. Uh, I know a few, few familiar faces, but others don't. And so kind of, you know, my name, you know, like a little bit about me. But what I find is best is that the best way for you to get to know me quickly is if I just share a couple of random facts about myself and then... Uh, you will kind of go to that level of knowing me like my best friends because the only people who know these random facts are my best friends. So we can just go to this place of connection really quickly. Is that okay? Great. All right, so the first random fact is that if you look in my wardrobe, you will find that all my clothes are hung in colour and style order. And for me to feel like life is okay, that has to stay that way. I'm very particular about how I like my uh, clothes hung up in my wardrobe, how I like my books uh, put on my bookshelf, and uh, that's going to tell you something a bit about my personality, which I'm going to claim as a very good thing. The second thing that you uh, don't know about me, but I'm going to tell you about it, is that I absolutely love chocolate and peanut butter together. It is like my go-to food whenever, whenever I feel hungry. All I want is chocolate and peanut butter together. And uh, Tim, my husband, and I uh, lived in the States for about three and a half years working with an organisation over there that helped at-risk young people. And it wasn't the best part about living there because I absolutely loved what we did. But one of the perks of living over there is that Americans love putting chocolate and peanut butter together. And so it was everywhere. And uh, that was a really awesome thing about living there for three and a half years. And I just found, this was exciting, my local Coles this week stacks Reese's peanut butter cups. It's new and it was like the highlight. No, it wasn't the highlight of my week, but it was a good part of the week. The third uh, thing that it's kind of my random fact, is that when Tim and I decided to name our children, one of the uh, criteria we had was that it had uh, the names had to contain unusual letters. So we have a seven-year-old called Saxon, which is the unusual letter is X, uh, a five-year-old called Zaley, she's got two, Z and Y, and uh, then a two-year-old called Quinn. Uh, and so we win in Scrabble, if you can ever use names, because they are great uh, names when you put them on the Scrabble board. But anyway, that's just something. So now you can go, I know these random facts about Lauren. Is that cool? Cool. Let's pray together this morning. Heavenly Father, I just thank you that right now, your presence is here with us. And God, I pray that as we open up your word together this morning, that you would prepare our hearts, that you would open our eyes and our ears to what you want to say to us. And God, I just pray that whatever comes out of my mouth would bring glory to, you, glory to you. And God, that we would be open to what you want to say to us today. That we would be in this place where we can receive a revelation from you. God, thank you for your presence. And we commit this time to you this morning. Amen. There is something that happens to a community when they share a significant experience. Like I said, Tim and I used to live in the States and when we were living there, we would constantly be trying to build this sense of community and feeling of family in our home. 
we would have young people come to live with us and they would live with us for a bunch of different time periods. So there was this constant flow in and out of uh, young girls in our house. And when we would get a consistent group of girls for a few months, we would try to build this sense of community, this sense of family. And we would do this through family games nights, through meals together, through just intentionally spending time with one another. But there is one moment that sticks out above the rest that drew this group of people together like nothing else. And I was actually traveling at the time. I had some high school students down at a youth conference in Pennsylvania and Tim was back where we lived in New York uh, with our kids and the girls that were living in our home. And when I go away from my family for a time period, uh, I try to make sure that everything is covered. I make sure that the house is full of food, uh, that the schedule is plastered up on the wall so no one's gonna miss anything. And I leave Tim a long list of things that needs to happen. And because I'm a control freak, I'll uh, message Tim from time to time while I'm away uh, to check in and to see how it's all going. For instance, if Tim is picking up the kids from school one day, I'll text him about five minutes after pickup time and say, just check in, you got the kids. And typically he responds with something ridiculous like this. Oh, bummer, forgot, I had a meeting, I just left them there. And after this happening for seven years, I now know this is actually code. I, uh, it took a while to get there, but I now know this is code for, I've got the kids, stop checking up on me, I'm fine. <laughs> so I'm away at this conference, and it's about the time that the kids are going to bed, so I give them a call to say goodnight. But Tim doesn't pick up the phone, and immediately I get a text from him saying, sorry, can't talk, I have 13 emergency vehicles at the house to which I think is just code for we're fine, the kids are nearly asleep, this was a silly time to call. And so I go off to my next conference session thinking that everything at home is all nice and fine and dandy. But later that night, Tim calls me and I find out that he was actually serious. The last fire engine has just left and he was calling to tell me about the adventures that had taken place. See, Tim had thought that it was time to build this sense of community amongst the girls who were living with us. So he decided to get them all to help clean up our yard with them. Now it was February, so it was uh, winter and there were trees and branches and leaves all over our yard and we had quite a large yard. And so it took most of the afternoon. But unfortunately, as you probably can imagine, this didn't foster the sense of community that Tim had hoped because the girls just whinged and moaned and groaned about having to pick up these dead leaves and branches and all the debris. So Tim thought, well, that didn't work. Let's try something else. He decided that they were gonna have a bonfire with all the stuff that they had collected. So they loaded all the debris into a fire pit. And we actually had a fire pit in our yard. There was like seating around and this circular space. And Tim tells me, he goes, you know, The debris was just a little bit bigger than the space of the fire pit, but only a little bit. And he assures me that he checked the rules and regulations of what you needed to do to have a fire in your backyard. But once the sun set, the household went out and had this bonfire. They were armed with marshmallows ready to make s'mores. Tim lights the bonfire and all seems fine until the wind picks up 
and starts blowing the smoke in all different directions. The flames are soaring higher and higher in the air and Tim is starting to realise this is getting out of hand when he sees embers floating into the neighbour's yards. And then all of a sudden they hear sirens. And Tim recalls it this way. I heard the sirens and I thought, oh, there must be a fire somewhere. And he sees the fire engines, the police cars speeding down the road, dead set believing that they are going to someone else's house when all of a sudden they pull into our driveway and panic sets in. And literally the whole town's fire department and police department descend on our house. And our kids are going ballistic. And I mean ballistic in a good way because what two and four-year-old don't absolutely love the fact that fire engines, police trucks are coming to their house with the sirens on. So my kids are loving this. The girls that were living with us, they weren't loving it as much because a couple of them were actually on parole and they had parole bracelets on and every time a police came near, their parole bracelets would buzz. And so they're starting to really freak out about the fact that the police are coming to our house and Tim realises that he's the responsible adult in this scenario and so he's going to face up to the fire chief and so he wanders over to the fire chief trying to look calm and collected and he starts explaining what's been happening, that the girls had collected all the dead leaves, they put it in the fire pit and what better way to get rid of it than a bonfire. And he's seeing the look on the fire chief's face and he's not really, he's not really having it and so then Tim plays the I'm from Australia card and goes, I'm from Australia. I don't, I don't really know how things work here. I don't really know how fire works. You know, fire works the same in every country, dude. But the fire chief takes it and he goes, oh, sorry, I thought you might know the rules. And so he just gives him a stern warning and says, don't let this happen again. And one by one, all the vehicles leave, but the girls could not stop talking about this. It was the most exciting thing that had happened for them in a long time. And it created a bond between them that enriched this sense of community that was in our home. And even just a couple of weeks ago, we had called one of the girls for their birthdays. And uh, Tim and this girl who was there that night were reminiscing about this particular experience. And they were sharing laughs and talking about what went down. Because there is something that happens when people gather together and have a significant shared experience. It enriches the sense of community. And you may have had this experience yourself. Maybe back when you were in high school, your year level experience, maybe a shared joy or a shared tragedy and it created a bond between you and your classmates that grew you closer as a cohort. Maybe you've been camping with your friends and whether it's because all of your tents got flooded and you ended up having to sleep in your cars or you had great chats and moments around the campfire, the bond between that group of friends is tangible because of that shared experience. There is something that happens in a group of people when they share an experience. It creates a bond between them which helps them grow a deeper sense of community. And as we continue our present series this morning, we're gonna look at what it means for us as followers of Jesus to be the presence of God in community. 
Because if we truly embrace that as followers of Jesus, when we gather together as the church, when we meet together in life groups, or even just when two or three of us come together, we become the place in which God dwells. We become a place where God's presence is tangibly felt and experienced. When we embrace this, it is significant, it is shared, and it is something that enriches us as a community. It draws us closer as a church family. And when we truly believe that by His Spirit, we are now the dwelling place which God chooses to reside, two things happen. We experience God's presence through others and we help others experience God's presence. Right from the beginning of Scripture, we see that God loves this idea of people being together, of being in community. In Genesis, it says it's not good for man to be alone. So God gave the woman to the man. And then we see this establishment of nations, these communities of people gathering together because of some commonality and God is present with His people. In Genesis, it says He walks with His people And then in Exodus, he dwells with his people through the tabernacle and in the temple. And God then chooses to dwell amongst his people when he sends Jesus to earth. And today, through his spirit, when we gather together, God dwells in us as the church. God's presence no longer dwells in man-made temples or church buildings. God dwells in the hearts of those who have put their faith in Jesus and by his spirit God continues to be present with His people. We're gonna open up God's Word together this morning. We're gonna read from Ephesians 2. And for those who may not be particularly familiar with Ephesians, Paul is writing this letter to the church in Ephesus. And in a way, it's a church that's similar to ours right here because they are surrounded by a culture where the pull to conform to this culture is great. But Paul is encouraging those in the church to think of themselves in a completely new way. They're not just people who gather together because you know, they've got a common interest or because they all just seem to be free on Sunday mornings, even though they didn't meet on Sunday mornings then. Paul encourages this church to think of themselves not as who they used to be or what they do. He wants them to identify as being in Christ. And because of this, they have a radically new identity. And we're going to read Ephesians 2, uh, 19 to 22 this morning. So if you've got your Bibles, turn with me there. Otherwise, it'll come up on the screen. So verse 19 says this. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. So right off, he starts off by saying, consequently, and so we're gonna need to look back at verse 18 to find out what he's talking about here. So verse 18 says this. It says, for through him, so 
For through Jesus, is what they're saying, we both, so he's talking about both the Jews and the Gentiles because uh, Christ has been preached to the Jews and now Paul is preaching this good news of Jesus to the Gentiles. So he's saying, for through Jesus, we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. So because we all have access to the Spirit, we are no longer foreigners. We are no longer strangers, but we are fellow citizens together with God's people. We are members of the one household. And so because the Holy Spirit dwells within each one of us, when we decide to follow Jesus, we are no longer strangers. When we come together, we are family and we are built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. The family, the church is built on the experiences of those who've gone before us and done this relationship with God thing. But the cornerstone is Christ. And if you don't understand the significance of the cornerstone, It's a foundation or a setting stone. It's the first stone set in the construction of a masonry foundation. All other stones are gonna be set in reference to this one stone, thus determining the position of the entire structure. So this community of believers called the church, this community that we are in called the church is built as with Christ as the cornerstone, with Christ as the reference point, He is the foundation by which everything else is set. And in Him, the whole building is joined together and it rises to become the new temple of the Lord. So in Christ, the whole building, which is this metaphor of what we are now building, that we are the church, is the holy temple of the Lord. And in Him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit. Because we are in Christ. If you are in Christ this morning, you are being built together to be the dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit. That is an exciting thing. When we gather together this morning, we are the place in which God chooses to dwell. Under the old covenant, the temple was where God dwelled with His people in the new covenant with Christ. The presence of God is no longer contained in the temple. It's not restricted to a certain group of people. Everyone with faith in Christ Jesus is joined together and community and we have become the dwelling place of God. We together are God's dwelling place And that means that right now, God's presence is here with us this morning. So when we come together, when we meet together on church, at church here on Sundays, when we meet together in our life groups during the week, even just when two or three are gathered, we are the presence of God. We are the temple in which God has chosen to dwell. And Jesus foreknows this when He says in Matthew 18, 20, He says, for where two or three gather, In my name, there I am with them. See, it can be easy for us to get caught up in the routine of just coming to church, of hanging out and doing life group, that we forget that when we meet together, we are the place in which God dwells. We can just waltz into church some mornings. Sometimes it's even a struggle to get here. I know to get my three kids ready to get to church, you know, it's just mayhem in the morning. Tim's always gone oily. So it's just all on me to get them there. And I waltz into church and usually it's just this massive sigh of relief that we got here and the kids have clothes on. 
And so we come into church, I see my friends, I chat to my friends, we sing the songs, we hear the message, we chat to a few people on the way out and sometimes we forget to pause and remember the absolute privilege it is to as the church, as believers, be together in God's presence. And for others of us, it's not that we've got caught up in the routine of church because sometimes we can only make it to church on occasions because the week is just so jam-packed with everything else. We just can't seem to find space in our lives to carve out a space for life groups. And the weekends just become busy and so coming to church on Sunday just goes down on the priority list. And for whatever reason, I actually believe our culture has forgotten and has become distracted of what it means to come together and be the church, of the significance of what it means to gather and be the church, to gather together and be the presence of God. Because when we do gather together as believers, God dwells amongst us and two things happen. We experience God's presence through others and we help others experience God's presence. A number of years ago, I was on a young adults camp and I had been asked by the young adults pastor at the time, his name is Jason Ellsmore, I don't know if you've heard of him before, but he asked me to co-lead a life group with another young adult for the weekend. And after the one of the sessions, we were encouraged to go back with our groups and just to spend time praying for each other and listening to God, how he might want to encourage us. And this wasn't something at the time that I felt super, comfortable doing. But it was a Saturday night of camp and I thought, well, it's Saturday night of a Christian camp. What better time to try and press into the presence of God? And the group stood in this circle and we started praying, listening to God. And at first it felt really, really awkward. There was silence for a long time. And I remember saying to God, please, God, do something. Otherwise, these young people are gonna think that this Jesus thing, it's just a waste of time. And I knew there was a girl there who had only just become a Christian. She'd come uh, a Christian on red frogs down at schoolies and one of the red froggers had invited her to come to our church. And I was just praying that she would have a moment of experiencing God's presence. And then one by one, these young people started sharing words and pictures and verses and encouragements that they had for each other. And God's presence was tangible. You could feel God's word bringing truth and healing to people's souls. And we stood there, as we stood there, it was clear that we together were helping others experience God's presence. And after about an hour of doing this, everyone in the group had been given a word of encouragement except for myself and the other leader. And we assumed that this moment was coming to an end. So we started to wrap things up. But one of the other guys in the group stopped us and said, we can't stop now. God has something for you as well. And a few of the group started to share some verses and prayed some prayers that spoke right to the situation that I found myself in that season of my life. And I knew that this group was helping me experience God's presence in a new and a fresh way. 
Because when we gather together as believers, God dwells amongst us and we experience God's presence through others, but we help others experience God's presence. And I just wanna finish with three really simple encouragements that I believe are key for us as we explore as a church what it means to be the presence of God in community. And the first thing is that we need to prioritise godly community. We need to make sure we are seeking out community with others believers. And if you aren't gathering together with followers of Jesus, if you're not regularly positioning yourself in a place where God can speak to you through others or where God can use you to speak and bring His presence to other believers, then it's not gonna happen. You will only be able to experience the presence of God in community if you are actually in godly community. And that's why we encourage everyone here at Gateway to come to one Sunday service, to find a life group and to serve. Because by doing that, you are positioning yourself in a place where you can experience and you can help others experience God's presence. And so I wanna ask you this morning, how are you doing with that? Coming to one service, being in a life group and finding your place to serve. Are you prioritising godly community? And I know if we're really honest, sometimes that can feel like a lot. You know, with everything else that's going on, most of us sitting here this morning are probably time poor in some way and you look at your week and you wonder, how am I gonna fit it all in? But I know that every time I have prioritised godly community, it has helped everything else fall into place because there is nothing better than being in God's presence, being refreshed, being renewed, realigning our priorities by meeting together with other believers. And like Dave said before, if you are not in a life group this morning, there is a great, really easy way for you to be able to get plugged in. Make sure you fill out that connect card, talk to someone at the welcome desk, talk to someone at the group link stand, because it is a great way to prioritise godly community in your life. And the second thing is that we actually need to intentionally press into the presence of God. It can be easy just to come and attend church, to turn up to life group, to hang out with our friends who are believers, but we never actually intentionally bring and be the presence of God in those places. It takes intentionality to press into His presence. And that's why we're doing this presence series because we know that life happens. Things get busy, we become distracted by all the things that we are doing and we need to be reminded to press into God's presence. And by God's Spirit, we have access to God 24 seven. We don't have to wait for the right time of year. We don't have to wear the right clothes. We don't have to sacrifice the right animals anymore to be in God's presence like they used to in the Old Testament. Because of Jesus and the sacrifice that He has made, we have access to God through His Spirit each and every day. But we have to remember to press into it to attune our ear to the Spirit, to stop being distracted by all the other things that can catch our attention. We need to get rid of the sin that easily entangles and we need to intentionally press into His presence. And just a simple action point for that 
is as you're driving to church, as you're turning up to life group, just say a simple prayer. God, attune my ear to your voice. I fix my eyes on you. Just a simple prayer, welcoming God's presence, inviting God's presence as you walk into those places, as you walk into church, as you walk into your life group or when you're spending time with other believers, God, attune my ear to yours. And then the third thing is that we need to step out in faith. I know that I've been blessed by God's presence when others have stepped out in faith to share a word or a scripture, whether they've prayed for me or responded to God's prompting to help in a practical way. If we are to be God's presence in community, if we are to help others experience God's presence, then we need to have the courage to step out in faith to share what God has been saying to us. If you have a thought or a scripture that comes to mind and it is encouraging and uplifting and it fits with the Word of God, then share it with that person. And the first time you do that, it can be really awkward, but it is amazing when you become a part of helping someone else experience God's presence. I remember a number of years ago now, I was at one of our 6pm services and we had the prayer time at the end and I just saw this lady out of the corner of my eye and I felt God put this picture in my mind for her. And the picture was of this little girl building sandcastles on the beach with her father. And I didn't know what it meant. I had no idea. And uh, I just kind of kept praying into it and say, God, if this is ridiculous, take it away. But then I said to God, look, if I talk to this lady afterwards, then I'll share it with her. And lo and behold, after the service, she came up to me because she had something to talk to me about. And uh, we chatted about what we needed to talk about. And at the end, I said to her, look, this is a little bit weird. I don't really understand what this is. But as we were praying before, I just had this picture and I felt God wanted me to share it with you. And it's a picture of a little girl building sandcastles in the sand with their dad. And, and then I just started to unpack a little bit of maybe what I thought God was saying in that as I'd prayed. And, you know, God just wants to remind you of the childlike faith that you had there and the joy you had being your father's presence. And God wants to take you back to that place. And as I'm saying this, tears just start streaming down her face. And I know that this is not what I just thought, oh, it's a random picture. This is God speaking to her heart. I am helping her experience God's presence. See, God uses us to bring His presence to others in lots of ways. It can happen in the spiritual ways with verses and pictures and encouragements, but it also happens in practical ways as well. Just going to mow someone's lawn or dropping them a meal or stopping to comfort someone who's upset. All of these things help others experience God's presence. And Paul uh, writes in Romans 12, uh, 13, he says this, "'Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. All those words, share, practice, bless, they are action words, they are things we need to step out and do. And we have to step out in faith to help others experience God's presence. So an action point for that is actually act on that prompting this week. Pray with someone, send that message, uh, write that email, cook that meal. Do what you need to do to help others experience God's presence. 
So how can we become the presence of God in community? Three simple things. We can prioritise godly community. We can intentionally press into His presence. And we can step out in faith. Because when we come together and we embrace this idea that God's presence dwells among, among us, as we, come to this, as we come together and we are the presence of God, lives are transformed. Because when we are in God's presence, hearts, minds and bodies are healed. In God's presence, the kingdom of heaven is brought to earth. In God's presence, the lost are found, the lonely find belonging, the broken are made whole. In God's presence, chains are broken. We see breakthrough happen. And when we see God's presence bringing transformation, it does something to us as a gathering of people. It enriches our sense of community. And I don't know about you, but this is something that I wanna be a part of. I wanna be a part of a community where we are seeing lost people be found, the hopeless find hope, the hurting find places of healing. And it's not because we just come together on Sundays and go, well, this is what I do, this is part of my routine, I come and I come to church. We come together knowing that something incredible can happen when we, as believers, gather together because we become the dwelling place of God. And when we do that, we experience God's presence through others and we help others experience God's presence. I'm gonna pray for us and then I'm just gonna push into uh, some ministry time because I believe God has a word for you guys this morning. Loving Father, I thank You that You call us to be the church, not that we are a building, not that we are people gathering together just because it's what we do on Sunday, but God, You call us to be the church, to be a place where people can experience Your presence and where we too can come and experience Your presence through others. God, I pray that we would never forget the incredible privilege it is to come together and to be the place in which You choose to dwell. God, we know that because of that, Your presence is right here this morning. And God, I just pray that You would open our hearts and our lives to what You wanna do in us as we continue and finish up this time together. We ask this, Jesus, in Your Name. Amen. Thank you so much for that encouragement over all of us. Hey, before, uh, before we sing and we conclude our service, something we do every Sunday is we wanna give an opportunity for people who have not given their life to Jesus to do that. So can I just, just wanna have a moment where we go, you know what, we all realise that we've all made mistakes, we're all broken, we've all got our issues, and I've certainly got mine. And yet Jesus came into the world. God sent His one and only Son so that He could come, He could forgive us from our pasts and give us a brand new hope for the future. That no matter what you've done or no matter what you're living in the midst of, that God loves you. This morning, there's something that, that Lauren said. She talked about acting on the promptings. I just want to ask you this morning, will you act on that prompting that's inside of you? Those, 
There's something inside of you in these moments that's a, it's kind of like a little flutter in your stomach or a sweaty palms or whatever it might be, a moment where you just go, I think there's something to this. And, and I want to begin my journey of discovering who Jesus is and, and the, the future that God has got in store for, for my life. And so can I invite everyone just to close your eyes for a moment? Last Sunday, we saw two amazing ladies give their lives to Jesus. On Thursday at our morning tea, we saw another lady give her life to Jesus. We see it happen week in, week out, and it's such an incredible moment. God wants to say to you this morning that He loves you. God wants to say to you this morning that He's got a plan and a purpose for your life. So this morning, will you just, will you take the courageous act on the prompting? Will you raise your hand just for a few moments just so we can see it, we can acknowledge it. We've got a gift for you. We want to pray with you. We want to stand with you and we want to celebrate with you. It's this decision that you can make this morning. So this morning, is that you? You need to say, Jesus, yes, Jesus, I've made mistakes. I'm broken and I need you as my Lord and Saviour. And I want to begin this journey with you. This morning, is that you? If you that is you this morning, will you just raise your hand? I know you get a bit nervous. No one else is looking. This is the moment, the best decision you'll ever make. Is that you in this place this morning? And church, why don't we just pray this prayer together? Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus, we thank you that you died for me. Thank you that you died for me. This morning I give you my life. And I receive your hope and future. Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Amen. Hey, church, why don't we just, as we sing, as we worship this morning, why don't we just express our gratitude, our love, and worship Him with everything that we have. Thanks to We hope you've been blessed by this message from Gateway Baptist Church. We're a growing family and everybody who walks through our doors is welcome. If you'd like to connect with us, please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au to find out more.